what a disaster in Jacksonville. Action Sports Jacks overtime. We usually have a good time here. We're not going to do that today because it is shambles in Jacksonville. If you're just jumping in, just getting in your car, getting off of work, we appreciate you being here. ESPN 690s, the station. Brian Middleton on the ones and twos. Casey Kurtz with you as well. We found out in the 4 o'clock hour, reports came down that Byron Lefwich had decided to take his name out of consideration to be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So then we talked about it from that point on until right now. And we're going to continue to talk about it. Brent Austin did a good job. And now me and Brian Middleton will do a good job. But first off, Brian Middleton, how are you? I'm good. Got a slight headache. but That's I'm not good for today because I'm going to be yelling. I'm going to push through. Persevere. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, better than the Jags coaching search. They're not persevering at all right now. Yeah, they are not. Okay. So... <laughs> Byron Leftwich, it appears, will not be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, even though it was reported by multiple blue check marks multiple weeks ago that he would be. Not sure what happened there. Well, I do know what happened. Uh, the reports were incorrect. Stop the cap. That's that's what you're saying to them, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying okay, to them. Just double check I'm a little late, man. The headache, the headache. Yeah, that's I'll fair. Get that's quicker. fair. I'll get quicker. Got to stop the cap. Got to stop reporting stuff. It's not true. But nevertheless, he will not be the coach of the team. And there's so many ways to go. And the first way to go, I guess, is now what? Doug Peterson or bust? Some believed it was that from the beginning. And now it's really that. Because if you lose out on Doug Peterson, you have lost out on every candidate that you we have believed that they were high on. Doug Peterson, second interview. I qualify that as high on. Byron Lefwich, high, second interview. Eberflus, lost him. Second interview. Wanted a second interview with Hackett. Lost it. So the people you wanted to coach your team are absolutely not going to be the coach of your team unless you can somehow salvage a way to get Doug Peterson to be the head coach. But this is uh, no inside information. This is just me telling you what I think. Doug Peterson will not be the coach of the team. Why in the world would Doug Peterson come here if the Saints are interested? I know the Saints are $75 million over the cap, and the Jags have like $50 million in the cap. Why would you come here? What a disaster this is. What a disaster. I'm trying to not, like, get too emotional about it, but it's it's pretty bad. And uh, I guess I will address this part of it because I see it once again on YouTube. Trevor Lawrence. Austin, Austin spoke directly to Trevor earlier in the program. That was in the 5 o'clock hour. And he told him it's not supposed to be like this. And if Trevor Lawrence stays through this, which I have no reason to believe that he won't. But, you know, things are pretty bad right now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence will, is the only thing the Jags have left to hang your hat on. And Brian Middleton, I'll ask you this. If you're Trevor Lawrence, would you try to force your way out of here just 16 or 17 games into your career? I think I will see who they actually pick up as the head coach. Uh, I, I, I think I would give this next coach... Honestly, one season. Uh, but if this next season is as lost and a total debacle as this past season was, I wouldn't blame him one bit for trying to force his way out of it. Now, everything, all signs to me about Trevor points to him not doing something like that. Um, him sticking around and trying to make this thing work, trying to have a, a, another 
Joe Burrow-esque type situation where you go to an organization that hasn't experienced a whole lot of success, especially lately, and you know what? We're going to stick here, we're going to grow the team, and we're going to be perennial contenders. But I would not blame him if this debacle of a coaching search continues on and it wastes uh, whoever gets hired on as the head coach the opportunity to really fill out his staff with people who are being snatched up right now by other teams who already have hired their coaches and they're getting the pick of the litter with that and then you have another 2-15, and 15, one in, in uh, 16 or you know 3 or 4 win season where Trevor's development looks like it's been stunted once again uh, I wouldn't blame him at all for saying, you know what, get me out of here. I got to make a big stink. I'm going to make a big stink. So, no, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think everything's on the table right now as how bad this has looked. If you're just jumping in, uh, obviously we are talking about Byron Leftwich not being the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, but uh, there's a couple other things that are happening that we will address as we go forward. The New York football giants have finally issued a statement on what Brian Flores accused them of in which his interview, in his words, were was a sham. And he has the receipts that Bill Belichick was in communication with Brian Dayball before the his interview took place, saying that they know who the coach would be. How Bill Belichick... I'm not... Like, Bill Belichick's a smart dude. How do you mess that up? Text the wrong dude. Like, I get it happens, but part of me is wondering if this was, like, an inside plan from Belichick. Like, I'm mostly kidding, but I'm half serious. At the same time as well. So we'll get to that uh, in the next segment. We're going to stay with Byron Lefwich right now. And if the fans that are listening, I, we, Brent is not the type of guy to speak directly to the fans. He's speak to the masses guy. And I'll get on, you'll see where I'm going with this in a second. The fans are upset. They should be. And I remember one time I suggested to Brent, hey, just tell him not to go to the games. He said, I'm not going to do that. I am going to tell you that. If you're frustrated of how this is going, which you should be, don't go. You see a lot of stuff on Twitter, people not renewing their season tickets. I wouldn't. I had season tickets up until uh, a couple years ago. Didn't renew them. Did I want to renew them when Trevor came on? Yes, I did. Did I? No, I did not. Will I do it now? Absolutely not. I don't know how... You, you get two days for the weekend, right? And you want to spend one of them watching that dumpster fire in 1,000 degrees? I don't blame you one bit for not going to the games after how this continues to be playing out. So that's for the fans. Don't go. I'm not going to blame you. Others might. I'm not going to. I think you got to do what's best for you. And what's best for the Jacksonville Jaguars right now? Say something. Everything that the fans have heard from this point on has come from the media. And for the most part, the media doesn't really know what's going on. They're told things, and I I guess I should say we, I'm not told anything, but they hear things and whatnot, and that's how they make their assumptions. But really, as Brent has said multiple times, what do we know? We know absolutely nothing other than Byron Leftwich today took his name out of the running to be the head coach of a football team in the National Football League and decided I will continue to be an offensive coordinator for a team that just lost Tom Brady as their quarterback. The Bucs could potentially lose Chris Godwin, could potentially lose Rob Gronkowski, and be very bad on offense. And Byron Leftwich decided, and I don't blame him one bit, 
because of how this has gone. But he decided, you know what? I'd rather be there. I'd rather, I'd rather take my chances with Blaine Gabber and Kyle Trask and try to try my luck next year around than coach the Jags. And I don't blame him. But it's just unfathomable. Fa- fathomable? Is that the word? Feels like the word. What's going on right now in Jacksonville? This is Action Sports Jacks Overtime. This is ESPN 690. And like I mentioned, we have more to do. The Giants issued a statement more on Byron Leftwich. We're taking you up to the Lakers and the Clippers coming up at 9.30 coverage on ESPN 690. Tip-off for that one will be at 10. We'll talk about that one a little bit as well as we go on. Stick with us. Action Sports Jacks Overtime ESPN 690. Action Sports Jacks Overtime ESPN 690. Brian Middleton on the ones and twos. Casey Kurtz with you as well. More on Byron Leftwich as we go. Take you till 7 o'clock right here on ESPN 690. But we shift our focus to another coach that we know will not be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's Matt Eberflus. And we had conversations from 3 to 6. Me and Brian had conversations from 6 to 7 multiple weeks back. Matt Eberflus, coach of the Jags. Not... Not sexy. It's really not. But looking back now, I bet there's a lot of people that would take Matt Eberflus right about now. And the plot continues to thicken about what the heck is going on in Jacksonville. When earlier today, Adam Johns of The Athletic, I hope. Cool cool last name. With an A. -A J-A-H-N-S. Either way. Works for The Athletic. Put out a report. Uh... Covers the Bears, uh, had a conversation with Matt Eberflus about how he decided to take the job. And he writes this, that Eberflus said they weren't the only team in play and the Jacksonville Jaguars had offered him the head coaching position. So when he got the news from the Bears, he ended up sitting down with his wife at home and they had a conversation about the decision. After a half hour of deliberation, they knew the right course of action. And that's when he ultimately said... I'll go with the Bears. So, as it turns out, Matt Eberflus had the opportunity to be the coach of the Jags and said, you know what? Give me Justin Fields. Give me a division that at the current moment has Aaron Rodgers in it. Uh... I do not want all the salary cap money that the Jags have. I also do not want the number one overall pick. I want to coach the Chicago Bears. Brian Middleton, does that surprise you, knowing that if there was an offer on the table from both teams, Matt Eberflus would choose to go to the Bears? Well, you know, there are moving parts that we will probably never know because we're not going to get close enough to Eberflus to ask him that question. He's probably not going to share all the details of what him and his wife Um, just um, talked about, probably gave us a very paraphrased version, and rightfully so. Here's the deal. I think that maybe um, on the surface, it looks like a more equal type decision, at least in my eyes, if you're just taking everything on the surface, if you don't take any of the the shenanigans that happened in Jacksonville with, you know, Urban Meyer and throughout that season, how things just kind of tailwinded all the way down and 
uh, got more and more terrible each and, and every week. And things weren't great in Chicago. Uh, it, it, you know, we don't really cover Chicago too much here. But, you know, Matt Nagy was just uh, – he, he mm-hmm. had his moments uh, all season. Yep. Um, but here, here is how I look at it. Uh, they had a GM there, number one, that his background, young guy, relative to, you know, most GMs in the NFL. Yep. And uh, he's coming out of the Kansas City system for like 10 or 11 years. Uh, he grew through that system. So you hope that there's some excitement there, that he knows what he's doing, and that's a form of stability. And I think that that is probably one of the major things that we could just pare it down to one word of what Eberflus was looking at, stability. Yeah, in Jacksonville, you got Shaq Khan. Uh, and he has a commitment, you know, apparently to the city. He has plans that he wants to really develop here. But as far as the Jaguars organization, yeah, you, you think you have the quarterback in place. I think you have the quarterback in place with Trevor Lawrence. But as far as everything else, we don't even know at the running back position if, you know, ETN is the, is the guy. We don't have at the receiver position right now, people would argue, a number one. Uh, maybe you got tied in summed up. Offensive line, uh, you, you know, uh, people on the defense, you brought in some free agents that played decent, you know, for some games in the in the season. Front office, is the GM going to be there or not? The main head guy. So the stability factor on top of everything that Urban Meyer, all those stunts that he pulled, added to the instability. And when you look at Chicago, yeah, they got rid of their head coach decisively. They got rid of their GM decisively. They hired their new GM decisively. And when he got into the position, Ryan Poles, he was on the phone that night and the next morning doing interviews. He made a decision the next day. Decisive. Stability. Yeah, uh, Justin Fields is not the number one overall pick, but this is the guy we're going with right now. Uh, at running back, yeah, David Montgomery, he, he tanked my entire my entire fantasy football season. He did. Uh, he got hurt. I can't get mad at him getting hurt, but I can get mad at him tanking my season. And But he is the running back there as we believe it to be right now unless something changes. The defense is fairly solid. There's stability in the front office. You have some pieces that you feel like are going to be stable characters and character guys for your team. I would pick Chicago, even though on the surface, when you initially look at it, you're just like, oh, you know, they're both. Chicago might be a little bit better just as a team right now, but uh, they're about the same. But when you delve just a little bit deeper, the stability factor, which creates a culture of success, or at least the culture for potential success, is greater in Chicago right now while the Jags don't have their act together. Yeah, and that's, yeah, I think you said it in when you said it's a very comparable job. And it is. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields are comparable. They're both not good teams. Comparable. Everything you said is right. And the point you make is exactly correct, I think. The difference between the Chicago Bears and the Jacksonville Jaguars right now is dysfunction, as you were saying. You were saying stability, which is true. I'll say dysfunction. Because one organization this offseason has continued to prove they are dysfunctional. That is this one. The Chicago Bears decided to prove they're not dysfunctional. They made the changes that they need to make, and they quickly filled those positions with the best candidates that they liked. The Jaguars decided, we're going to interview everybody. We're going to 
likely keep the GM that nobody appears to want to work with, which is interesting because I think there were at least some reports that Matt Eberflus was willing to work with Trent Baalke. So that thickens the plot a little bit if those reports are true or if not. But nevertheless, it comes down to dysfunction. And I, Matt Eberflus might be a fantastic coach, but there's no doubt that when it sounded like he might be the coach of the Jags, we all kind of shrugged our shoulders like, okay, and like this guy. And here's what I'll say to that. Now, we couldn't even get Matt Eberflus. He might be a great coach, but as you look at it right now, he was not a top candidate. The last thing he put on tape was losing to the Jags here in Jacksonville, and he doesn't even want to be the head coach of the Jags. You can't even get Matt Eberflus. What a disaster. You know, Casey, and and here's what I would liken this to. When people get into a relationship and they get into a really bad breakup, normally, and there's uh, there's research on this, I'm not going to cite it here, but I've read up on it. Normally, even though they have a particular type, everybody does have a particular type, no matter how they've dated or married or, or whatnot. They normally, in the short run, go for somebody that is the complete opposite. Yeah. So Eberflus, for this example, mm-hmm. would be the complete opposite of an Urban Meyer splashy name, high-profile hire. Yeah. I'm for picking somebody like Peterson or Caldwell or somebody who's not going to just, is not going to jump off the page. Yep. He's just going to come in, and you know what? He's going to coach a team to 7 to 10 wins. And we're not going to get to a conference championship, but we're going to have about three playoff appearances in his five years before something goes wrong in year five and he gets fired, and then we can move on to the next phase. But but right now, I don't care about flashy. Get somebody. I'm, yep. I'm so serious about the last point. You're missing out on We don't know who the coaching staff is going to be. Yep. We don't know because we don't have a head coach. Yeah. And it goes and it, it goes exactly to what you're saying there. We don't have a head coach, so you don't know who the coaching staff is going to be. We know Joe Cullen will not be the defensive coordinator, as that came out yesterday, which is unfortunate because we like Joe here on the program. And Joe did an okay job with what he had. It that they held the Buffalo Bills at six points. Remember that. But to your point, Brian, you don't have the coaching staff. And Austin has said this many times. The Senior Bowl is right now, right now, today, this moment in time. They are practicing at the Senior Bowl. And the scouts that are sitting there for the Jacksonville Jaguars have absolutely no idea what defense and or offense will be run by the team because there is no coach. So now you're asking scouts to scout players that you don't know if they're going to be good in the system that you want to run because you don't know the system that you want to run. Insane. You're right. This doesn't help my head you, the you, more I think about it. <laughs> I mean, this is literally like you can't just sign up to play like Pop Warner. Like you have to find players that are going to fit in your system. And the Jags are like, hey, can you play? Well, well what do you need me to play? Like 3-4, four, 4-3, four, like what? I don't know. Can you play the sport? You Great. Have, you have a signature? Can well, you sign your name on a contract? We'll give you a jersey. Can you coach? Oh, boy. Can you coach? Can you play? Can you front office? He sell tickets? No, you probably can't because no offense to the ticket, the people who sell tickets at the stadium, you, you can't sell tickets to this. This is worse than a. This, this is this is. A, I don't even know what could be worse. Like I can't. Uh, I don't even want to disrespect like a carnival like that, or like the circus. 
I'd rather go to the circus than pay money to watch this. Oh, boy. What a disaster. We're going to talk about the Giants coming up next because we do have to get to that. We got more to do here. Action Sports Jacks Overtime. Stick with us. Action Sports Jacks Overtime ESPN 690. Just ran down the hallway to get some water. Been trying to get water since like 4.30. No water to be found. On a day that Byron Leftwich says, no thanks, I'm good. I will not be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brian Middleton on the ones and twos. Casey Kurtz with you here as well on ESPN 690. Got you for another half hour or so. And then we'll hand off to some ESPN coverage. Spain and Fitz should be taking you up until Clippers, Lakers right here on ESPN 690. Maybe no LeBron will work on getting that information ironed out. Um, we definitely don't want to talk to Brian Middleton about LeBron because that'll go off the rails. But what we do need to talk about here. What? You, listen, you know, we, I'm not doing this today with LeBron James. I'm not. We got way too many more important things going on than LeBron James. And what we're going to talk about right now is Brian Flores, obviously, we have not talked about it since me and Brian were last on the air. That was on Monday. And obviously, you know by now, suing the NFL um, for a lot of different reasons. But the one reason that had yet to have been addressed by the team he is accusing, the New York Giants, what I mean, John Elway has issued a statement. Other teams, uh, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, issued a statement. So... We had been waiting to hear from the Giants, and the Giants part of this is this. Brian Flores received a text from Bill Belichick in which Bill Belichick thought he was texting Brian Dable. Congratulations for getting the job as the head coach of the New York Giants. The only problem is Bill Belichick texted the wrong Brian in his phone. I can't imagine how many Brians he has, but out of all the ones, he picked Brian Flores, who had yet to interview for the job, but it was scheduled. So that is the background that you need to know. Which, by the way, Brian, I have a few Brians in my phone. I've never once sent the wrong text to a different Brian that was meant for you or vice versa. How many cases you got in your phone? You ever do that? Oh, well, you're, you're, better than, uh, you're better than Bill Belichick. Okay, look, I want to get into the conspiracy, conspiracy theory part of this after okay. because this is serious. Like, I'm with you, by the way. I was thinking the same thing yeah. about that, so I can't wait to jump into that. But in the meantime... I will tell you what the Giants, the statement the Giants issued. It is a lengthy one. So at some point, I will find a clean break. But for now, I will tell you that the Giants said, Brian Flores has raised serious issues in the filing of his complaint. The specific claims against the Giants and Mr. Flores' allegations against the legitimacy of his candidacy for our head coaching position are disturbing and simply false. We interviewed six exceptional candidates and diverse candidates. The decision on who we want to hire as the head coach was made on the evening of January 28th, one day after Mr. Flores spent an entire day in our offices going through his second interview for the position, meeting with ownership and other staff members, and receiving a tour of our facility. They did include, um, I should mention, an itinerary that I will get to here in a bit, but that's where they cited it in the report. There is additional concrete and objective evidence to... to Substance, that's a long word. We did not make our decision until the evening of the 28th. That's the point you need to know. On the Bill Belichick part of it, they say, in addition, Mr. Belichick does not speak for and has no affiliation with the Giants. Mr. Belichick's text exchange provides no insight into what actually transpired during our head coaching search. 
So that's the gist of it. And the itinerary they put is this, uh, the exact times that Brian Flores arrived at the facility, the times he met when he had lunch for some reason. So pretty much on the day of January 27th, Brian Flores got to the Giants facility at 8.45 a.m. and left at after 3.30. However, that is all fine and good. But Brian Flores has a text from Bill Belichick saying that he was supposed to text Brian Dable. He didn't say that part, but the text that was for Brian Dable said, congratulations, you got the job pretty much. You're their guy, is what he said. So that's all fine and good. You can say, yeah, he came to our place at 845. We have receipts. He was here. So what? If you made your decision before January 27th at 845 a.m., does it, 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 you, Brian Flores has proof. You know what I'm saying? So, like, what, what, what are you gaining by, by saying he was here at 8.45 a, a day later? Like, it's just, it's an interesting part of it. But that is what the New York Giants have said in response to what Brian Flores has said. And Brian Middleton, uh, like I said, we haven't been on the air since this came out. Uh, the floor is yours if you have any thoughts on this, including the statement from the Giants or any of it altogether. I think that Brian Flores, I think that what he is trying to expose is so very important for a multitude of reasons. And, you know, when the Giants come out with something like this, this is well thought out, right? Uh, Because they took their time. Uh, from, uh, I guess this is a day since Brian Flores went on CBS and, yep. uh, and you know, did his public uh, interview uh, across uh, various platforms. And so they had their legal team look at this. They had ownership look at this. They had their PR people write this up. And that's fine. I'm glad, like you said, I'm glad they have an itinerary. I'm glad they, they brought him in and they documented it. But the part where they try to use his actual words against him. It's later on in the statement, but it it basically says in the CBS interview, they ask uh, Flores whether or not do teams have the right to hire who they want to hire. He says yes, paraphrasing that. And they're saying that's exactly what they did. Yeah, you did, right? But you did it before you even gave him his second interview. Like, that's his whole point, that it was a sham interview, that this was this was a sham just to get things checked off, get the Rooney Rule marked off. There was no actual, there was no actual uh, chance for him, regardless of what they say in this. And that's the problem. The problem isn't that he didn't get hired. The problem is he never had a chance before it started, or at least b- before his second interview started. And this... This sham, an alleged sham, let me say alleged because maybe, I don't know, maybe there is an explanation that's actually going to make sense, is something that not just Brian Flores, but many coaches, many minority coaches, not just black, especially black, but minority coaches as a whole have experienced at that level and probably college as well. So, you know, this is this is good. This is this is good for the Giants, I guess, to come out with with all of this stuff, I guess. But it doesn't negate the fact that the timestamps that are on this itinerary are after the timestamp that Bill Belichick sent 
to Brian Flores. Yep. And that's the most damning piece of evidence in this whole lawsuit. And yeah, that's exactly exactly my point. By the way, you're very good at this radio thing. That's how I was going to drive home my point, the little CBS part of this, and they're trying to use his words. So it's very good. You're good at this. We're on the same wavelength. But yes, to your point and to the point I was trying to make, it doesn't matter if you say he showed up at 8.45 a.m. on January 27th, 2020, when the day before you have receipts from Bill Belichick. So quickly, I know we got to go to break. The conspiracy theory part of this, Belichick playing the whole thing, right? Like, he definitely meant to text him. He yeah. said, I'm going to make this whole thing a giant mess. Yeah. Oh for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, just what a what, what a, yeah, what a moment for Bill Belichick. I'm sure as the, as the shows go along, we'll talk about the part of this where uh, Brian Flores accused owner of the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, uh, that he paid him $100,000. Yeah, that's a whole another can of worms. Now yeah. Hugh Jackson's coming out with stuff. Oh, man. Crazy. And I think this is just going to get bigger, and it's definitely fascinating because there's a team here in Jacksonville that, I don't know if you know this, Brian Milton, they've lost a game or two. Yeah, absolutely. And so. You know, the NFL is longing for the days that John Gruden emails were the top of mind at this point. I tell you what, nobody even talking about John Gruden right now. Oh, boy. So they need to look for more emails, I guess, to try to try to get rid of this one but i can almost promise you this one's not going away before we go to break this is what brian was mentioning the giants ended their statement with this in his cbs interview yesterday mr flores was asked if clubs have the right to hire the person they think is best qualified for the job or the person they feel is right for them mr flores responded they do that's reasonable to me and quote then the giants say that is exactly what we did. We hired Brian Dayball as our head coach at the conclusion of an open and thorough interview process. No decision was made. No job was offered or no job offer was extended until the evening of January 28th, a full day after Mr. Flores in-person interview and day-long visit to the Giants. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks Overtime on ESPN 690. Yo, this is a bop. What is this? Is this like a song? Yeah, a little BTS, man. Come on, man. Oh, uh, yeah. BTS, man, man. You know what I mean? All right. Things, hey. I, things I didn't expect today. Brian Middleton. Yeah, BTS, BTS man, TikTok, man. man. I do it, That's man. True. I do what I can. You are, you are out here surprising me every day. Taylor Swift fan. At least I'm not an Adele fan, though. You know, was, that's too far. That's where I draw the line. Adele, where I draw the line. Unlike some people I know. Action Sports Jacks Overtime ESPN <laughs> 690. That's the voice of Brian Middleton. Oh Casey Kurtz with you as well. Um, if you're just jumping in, Byron Leftwich will not be the coach of the Jags. We've been talking about that for about two hours. And you get to a point where you're depressed. And that's where I am now. So just in a second here, we are going to do something that we do on the program. We're going to try to fit in two things into one, so we're going to see how that goes as we are with you for about 10 more minutes. But I should mention, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch in that last break, you saw a pretty good lineup coming to Palm Beach Autographs. At the end of February, Mike Tyson, Pete Rose, and Ric Flair will all be in store for pictures and autographs. Uh, go to palmbeachautographs.com to... Get more information. On, yeah, it's pretty cool. What a lineup. Yeah. What kind of pull does this guy have? Martin Man. Buckley, three straight days, so go check that out. And if, if you're like, what are you talking about? I didn't see anything in the commercial break. That's because you're not watching on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. You can watch a radio show, folks. That is 
the good part of it. So if you're not driving, if you're driving, of course, we, we love everybody the same. So we love you on the radio as well. But if you're at home and you want to listen and you just sit in your car uh, when you get home in the driveway listening to this program, just go ahead, jump inside ESPN 690JX. You can find us on the stream. And then you can see us and comment along as well. All right, Brian Middleton, what do we got? I said what I said. Let's start with I said. With, with, uh, blah, blah. Okay. Let's start with what I said. With, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I know what you're trying to say. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. You have an open? I said what I said. I don't have an open. I just got a little drop. Don't worry. I'll play it when it's supposed to be played. All right? Oh, perfect. So, okay. so uh, you know, you usually start these things off. Uh, would you like to start now? You yeah, I'll start? start. All right, go ahead. I'll start. Um, Brian Milton, I said this last week, but the Winter Olympics started. And, like, I didn't. You know how I knew? So I said it last week. I said, did you know the Winter Olympics are next week? Like, what is that? Nobody, like, nobody knows that. Yeah. So the only reason I know it started is because I follow Sean White, American snowboarder, you know, legend, on Twitter. And he posted, like, his route because he's there. And I was like, holy crap, the Olympics. And, like, people are competing already. Wow. What what, was some of the sports uh, events? I guess that's what you would call it. It's an Olympic. Yeah. What what events were, were going on? I saw, this is probably bad, but the only thing I saw was somebody I hurt skiing. So, like, that's the only reason I knew that it had started. I'm serious. I'm like, I'm serious. Like, maybe I'll go check it out when I get home. But here's the thing. When I get home, I play a lot of FIFA. Okay. So, like, I don't really watch TV. So then, like, most of the day I'm here and I watch golf when I'm here or, like, you know, soccer. So, anyway, Brian Milton, I said what I said. I had no idea. Once again, the Olympics started, like, today or yesterday. I said what I said. I like it. All right. Yeah, I got to figure it out. Don't worry. We're, we're working this out on the fly. Yeah, what you got? And live. Okay, so I'm going to start off with a simple one. Um, it's easier, and it will always be easier, to have a repeat of Michael Jordan's career than it will be for Tom Brady's. And the reason why I know that is because LeBron has already had a way better career than MJ. And a lot of people say that Kobe came really close. But nobody, but nobody, but nobody's going to sniff Tom Brady's career in the next 50 to 100 years. You can guarantee that. Casey Kurtz, I said what I said. I said what I said. I'm just going to move on. I don't disagree with you, but okay, then, I, I don't disagree with move like part on. of it. Okay, I'm okay. Move on then. Yep, I'm doing it. You agree? Yeah. Move on. All right. <laughs> so, Brian Middleton, Brent Martineau, host, Action Sports Jacks of ESPN 690 on television as we speak actually right now on CBS 47 and Fox 30 or actually just Fox 30, but you can see him CBS 47 tonight at 11, uh, 11.20-ish. He can see the future, Brian Middleton. I'll tell you why. Last week in our golf picks, he picked Luke List to win. Luke List had never, and I mean ever, won a PGA Tour event, and he has been on the tour for many years. He won last week, Brian Middleton. Wow. He then this week picked Tom Hogue. Tom who? who? Yeah. Tom who? Hogue. Or oh, Hoagie. Oh, Hogue. Yeah. Oh, there's a gun on the end. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, Hogue or Hoagie, unconfirmed. There's a dump button around here. Okay. But so here's here's the deal. Once again, has not won. Odds were like plus 5,000 something. Like crazy. He is leading the tournament after day one. Brian Middleton, I said what I said. Brent Martineau can see the future. And if he places bets at your book, you might want to check where he's getting his information. Definitely getting blackballed. They definitely gonna shut that down on Brent Martineau. Uh, by the way, Brent, there's a thing called Powerball and Mega Millions. Huh? He plays. Oh, he does. Yeah, he can't see the future with those. I tell you what. Actually, he doesn't pick his own numbers. I don't know if I'm giving away too much of his information. Yeah, I think you are. Okay. 
I said what I said. Move on. Okay. I won't even play the sound. All right, here we go. Um, Casey, this one's going to take a little bit, so just give me a second, okay? Yep. Um, listen, I expect the number of black head coaches in the NFL to match the percentage of black players in the league, which is right around 70%. Now, before anybody, and I mean anybody starts to get riled up, just know. We do not care. Thank you, Mike Tomlin. Listen, I said what I said. That's the first thing. But next, you know, I used to be in the camp that would say, I want more black head coaches in the NFL, but I don't expect it to match the percentage of black players. Then I thought, why not? Hardly anybody bats an eye with the overwhelming number of white head coaches. At the start of 2021 uh, sure. season, 27 to 32 head coaches were Caucasian. That's about 84%. And for most, including me, didn't think a second about it. So why would it be weird if it was reversed? It shouldn't be. I mean, unless you got a problem with that kind of thing. But we'll save that for another time. Casey, Casey, Kurtz. I said what I said. Floor is yours. Thank you. Brian Middleton. <laughs> I, threw, I threw myself off. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. I didn't man. have a rhythm. I, I was, uh, it's not important. There you go. Um, Brian Middleton, Mike Trout is a baseball player. You familiar? Uh, I've heard his name, yeah. Yeah, see, that's the problem. But we'll get that's a that's a conversation for a different day. Uh, ESPN put out a thing of like the top 100 yep. baseball players of all time. Yep. I sent you an article, a part of it yeah. that I'm not going to bring up. But Mike Trout was number 15 on that list. Yeah, and that's probably fair. But at the age of 29, Mike Trout has incredible numbers. Probably 10 years to go on his career, and I'm not really breaking any news here. But I just want to like get out ahead of it enough. Mike Trout will be the greatest baseball player that ever lived when his career is done. And I just want to get out ahead of it. Um, It's not really... It's not not a hot take because a lot of people, like, agree. A little spicy. But I'm just, like, making sure everybody realizes... There's a lot of people. They uh, they bots? What are they? What are they? Huh? Mike Trout, greatest player to ever live when his career is done, Brian Middleton. Uh, Casey, I, I looked at that. Hold on. Here you go. I said what I said. Uh, Casey, you. let me tell you something right now. Yeah, that's a woo, that's a tough one. I, I you know, Baby Ruth, yep. uh, Willie Mays, yep, uh, Lou Gehrig, Minnie, Mickey Mantle, yep, yep. Uh, they got uh, Stan Musial. You, uh, hey, listen, Stan Musial. Hey, here's the deal, right? Yeah. Um, I saw the same list as well. Barry Bonds at eight, uh, Ken Griffey at thirteen. Uh, any, any, uh, any qualms with that? Any problems with that? None? No. Okay. Well, Barry, you said Barry Bonds was eight, right? Yeah. Yeah, too low, if anything. Oh. Boy, you hitting two of them. Hold on. Let me, let me. I said what I said. He said Barry Bonds too low at eight all the time. I'm, I mean, I, I am, yeah, too. By the way, Mike Trout, 29 years old. He is, his war is 76.1, which is a big baseball stat. Okay. I'm not going to go into it. That is 75th all time. He's 29 years old, and he is the 75th most valuable player in terms of war to ever play the sport. They've been playing the sport for hundreds of years. Yeah, okay. Well, Greatest ever. Hey, I like it, man. What you got? Takes. Okay, so now this has been said before, and I must say it again. People who get into the express checkout with more than 10 items definitely got some evil inside of them. Either you don't know how to count or you're into breaking the law. Both are a problem for me. I'm not saying there should be a registered police, but JSO, if y'all wanted to dedicate an officer to it, I would not say no. Casey Kurtz. I said what I said. Brian Middleton, I'm going to end with this. I am so sorry if you're a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> you don't deserve this. The people that cover the team don't deserve this. 
the business leaders that have given money to the team to advertise, anybody connected to the organization that works there and does not make football decisions. You know, there's a lot of people that work in the building. You don't deserve this. And for that, I am absolutely sorry, even though I have nothing to do with it. And I am one of you. But it is it is a tough time right now. Brian Mills, I said what I said. I'm sorry. I said what I said. I like that, man. And I'm going to make mine real quick because we only got a little bit of time. You got to wrap it up after this, okay? Yep. Uh, all American, The Price is Right, and Action News Jacks at 11 are all better shows than Ted Lasso. I said what I said. Wrap it up, Casey. We ain't got time to debate. We don't got time to debate nothing. That's going to almost do it for us here. Action Sports Jacks Overtime. That's a heck of a promo for Action News Jacks at 11. CBS 47. Fox 30 as well. Brian Middleton will be there. You just won't see him on camera. Is that right, Brian Middleton? Yeah, You're back that's here. true. Yeah. yeah, you remember that struggle. Yeah, I tell you what. I tell you what I remember. Anyway, coming up, uh, ESPN 690 at 930. We got the Lakers. We got the Clippers. Before that, we got Spain and Fitz.